Okay, be honest. When you hear terms like search engine optimization and Google Analytics, do you cringe a little? Like, do these words make you just want to crawl under a rock and pretend like they don't exist? Okay, maybe I'm projecting a little here because in the early stages of my business, I was definitely guilty of avoiding these intimidating technical topics. That is until I realized that they really aren't that scary and there are some seriously significant kickbacks that can come from taking a few simple yet intentional actions with your website. In today's episode of the Workshop Weekly Podcast, our guest, Allison Kay, master marketer, web developer, and strategist, is going to break it all down for you. She's going to tell you exactly what you need to be doing and prove to you that it's really not that scary once you understand the basics. We are going to dive into some super simple strategies that you can implement today to yield more traffic, get more conversions, and therefore bring more revenue to your business. Allison explains why your website should be your business's BFF, and she'll walk us through a simple five-step plan to get you on track with your web strategy, and we're not shying away from any of it. Not SEO, not Google Analytics. And I need you to know that this is not rocket science. It's really not hard, and as long as you follow Allison's plan, you will get the results you've been dreaming of. And can I just say that if I can learn this stuff, well then, you definitely can too. So let's do this. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Allison Kay, and welcome to the show. I am so excited to nerd out with you for the next 45 minutes or so. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. And I know no one can see this, but this makes me feel like we are definitely nerding it out. I am under a blanket in my bed. So I feel like Kelly and I are like <laughs> at a sleepover and we're going to share all our nerdy secrets with a flashlight under the blanket. <laughs> oh, I love how you just set that up. And make no mistake, the best sound quality comes from the most creative blanket forts. So Allison, I know a little bit about you. I know that you love geeking out on all things websites, that you're not afraid of SEO, you're not afraid of Google Analytics. Analytics, but why don't you introduce yourself in your own words? Sure, I would love to. So I'm Allison Kay, and my background is actually in graphic design. But before I got into that as a kid, I was messing around with old school GeoCities websites. But of course, so I was really into computers. But back in the day, not to date myself, no one knew what to do with a little girl who was interested in code, but also artsy stuff. So in high school, my options were go to robotics, go to computer science, or maybe go take graphic design because those people use computers. And so I fell in love with that, really got into design thinking, but kept up the web stuff. And luckily for me, even after the dot-com bust happened, there was work when I graduated. And I kind of cut my teeth in some sort of marketing areas because I ended up working for small newspapers. And so now I was a designer sitting next to the sales team and absorbing all that information and just lapping it all up. And then eventually I would go on to work for a software company and get back into my love of web. And I started, uh, I became the lead designer there and had other designers underneath me. And so now I'm taking 
design and I'm taking the nerdy code, but I'm taking marketing and we're working with all these really awesome companies to help them out. And then a couple of years later, they downsized our department and I found myself working for myself. So I I didn't choose to go work for myself. I literally was forced out of my job. So I had a really great mentor that helped me get up and running. And over the years, I've evolved into what I am today, which is Allison K Consulting. So I am a web and brand consultant and I convert the curious into customers. I love that. I love the stories of people who are thrust into entrepreneurship and especially people who know exactly what they're interested in at a young age. Because if you're like me, you didn't have that luxury. I I had a really roundabout way of getting to where I am today. (laughs) So I appreciate people who just know exactly what they want and they go for it. And that sounds like you. So Allison, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the types of things that you do with your clients, the types of services that you offer? Sure. So I have niched down into two main categories. The first is service-based companies, and the second would be nonprofits. And in particular, like you had mentioned that people know what they wanted. It definitely took me the last probably six years to really understand what I wanted to do in my business. Because for me, it was sort of, oh, I'm a web designer, but I'm also a graphic designer. And then someone said, you're actually a consultant. And that was when it went, copy. And it definitely made sense to me. So what I do now as Allison K Consulting is I work with companies or organizations who already know what their brand is. They already know what their company is and they're taking it to the next level, whatever that means, whether they're pivoting or they're restructuring or they're, or they're niching down. Some of them are retiring and they want more passive income, those sorts of things. So what I do is I try to marry design, marketing, and data so that we can get to the source of what you want to make with your website or your brand or both, because obviously they're all tangled together. And we apply, it sounds like nerdy and it sounds very numbers oriented, but it might not be. But my job is to help companies, individuals and nonprofits to make the best of their website and to go after goals that are obtainable and also track those goals through SEO, through Google Analytics, through their Twitter stats or any other things that they want to have. But because I tend to work with companies that are already kind of knowing where they are and where they want to be, the other thing I offer is I do a lot of international speaking to people who are starting out and they don't even know where to start with any of this stuff, where to start with websites, where to start with social media. So I really enjoy raising web literacy for small business. That's kind of my jam. I love that. And I think a lot of our listeners are creative. So mm. if they're anything like me, making a pretty website is a ton of fun and something that I think most people are feeling relatively comfortable with. There's pretty good products on the market that yes. really help with making a website from beginning to end without needing to know a whole lot of technological know-how. But I love that you said that you help people in the beginning phases kind of get from A to B. Do you mind sharing what sort of advice or tips that you have for people who might be in that beginning phase of getting their website up and running? Yeah. The first thing I'll say is (laughs) being in the tech continuum is real. There is a real mindset that everyone needs to work through. And that's when you own a website, you have crossed over from being a passive consumer with online technology to being part of that continuum. Even if you're going to go with a template, you're never going to touch code yourself. It's really important that people get frustrated. They're afraid to push the button and go. They're afraid they're going to break the internet, which is impossible. I mean, it can't happen, but there's nothing you're going to do on Squarespace or WordPress is going to break the internet. Trust me. I know 
I've been there, but I would say that the most important part to start with is understanding that you are part technology, so things are going to break, like your links aren't going to work, or Google is going to change its mind on how you're going to be ranking better. And the sooner that someone acknowledges and accepts that's just the way it is being online, then it gets a lot more fun. I see a lot of people who have great ideas, they want to execute their new idea with their company or their side hustle or what have you, and then they get to the tech and they almost become defeated before they've even given it a chance. So before I even get into my tips, just know that technology is winkly wonkly and that's the way it works. And those of us who work in tech every day, we see it as a challenge to strive to do better and to find solutions as opposed to it purposely holding us back. Your website is not trying to be a dick to you, right? It just needs some help. It just needs it. <laughs> so that's why my caveat to everybody is that anyone can be online and those systems, these templates make it easier, but you have to acknowledge that you can't just press a button for everything. And that's where I'm going to talk a bit today about if you want to get going, you don't have to be a master at everything, but there are five things you can basically do to ensure that wherever you are starting out, or you've had your website for three or four years, and you're finally able to take it a little more seriously because of whatever you can do. So that's what I'm thinking about today. I want to interrupt for a quick sec to tell you about a product that I've recently come across. I have never been a fan of wearing pantyhose. Most of the time after one wash, they would pill and tear. And honestly, it always just felt like an enormous waste of money to own them. Then came Sheertex. The strongest pantyhose in the world delivered right to my door in the cutest little box. Their fibers don't exist anywhere else on the market. They actually miniaturize the fibers used in bulletproof vests to create a knit just as strong as the people who wear them. You basically have to be Hulk to rip these things. And they have quickly converted me into a person that raves endlessly about my shears. I don't want you to miss out. So head over to kellylawson.ca slash sheertex, S-H-E-E-R-T-E-X, and use the code kellyslawson10 to save 10% on your new pair of shears today. So I love that you're about to offer some tips that cover the spectrum of wherever someone may be on their website journey. Maybe they're just launching a new website. Maybe they have never had a website, so they're launching from scratch. Maybe they're halfway through their web development, or Mm. maybe they've had a website for years and it just needs a little bit of a refresh. So why don't you go ahead and share those five tips? Sure. So I would say if you really want to turn your website into your BFF, knowing now that you're part of the tech continuum and it's there to help you. The first step is it's really important to know your audience online or audiences. The thing that I find when I work with companies that have been going at it for a couple of years that they probably wish they had a little more foresight when started out. So those of you starting out, you get a head start on this. Is it's best you can, you need to identify who your audience is and it could be multiple audiences. And if you've had your website for a little bit, then you're going to start paying attention to what those audiences do to make sure that you are answering that audience in your content and also anything you're going to do on your website. So for that, for example, I'm very specific about my audiences on my website to the point where I've named her Helen. And Helen is 62 years old. Helen has owned, she's she's either been a management or higher position in prior companies. Now she has her own company. So she knows everything about 
running a business, but this is her own. And Helen has such a wealth of information, but she doesn't have time to work on websites. So she's literate enough to use Skype or Zoom and, you know, process her invoices. But when it comes to her website, she doesn't want to deal with it. She wants to work with someone who knows her shit and is going, she can just give me the keys and work on it. And so Helen has particular pain points. She has certain words that she uses and she has certain questions that she asks. And so my website has been designed based around that. And by design, I don't just mean pretty color or a nice button. Like the wording is intentional. The language I use is intentional. And what I deliver to her is intentional. So if you don't have that down, no matter how much Google ads you throw at it, or how much you tweet about it, or how many pins you make, if you don't understand who your audience is from the website perspective, because they're coming to it to interact with it. So that's step one. You got to know your audience, and they're going to change over the years. That's why I have a job, because people pivot or their audience changes. So that's the first step, number one. You got to identify your audience. I absolutely love that. I there have been no truer words ever spoken that the most essential thing with entrepreneurship in at every touch point is knowing who exactly your customer is and not in the sense of, you know, it's Jane and she's 35 and she earns $100,000 a year, but really intimately knowing who it is that you're speaking to so that you can use a language and words that resonate with that person. Absolutely. And the great thing about it is that it's just as much an exercise to us as website owners as it is to getting those clients. So sometimes I work with an individual, especially if we identified or in a coaching session identified that they kind of need to refine these audiences a bit and they'll go, oh, but I don't want to miss out on that demographic purchasing my thing. It's like, But the thing is, is that with a website for particular, you could find out that there is regular people and there's like your elite people, people who know a little bit more about the same thing you do. You can create a landing page for them and target them specifically. Your website doesn't have to be this one, it has to have the same tone, but you, with a website, you have the availability to be smart about it and actually direct different kinds of audiences. Your homepage can be a great page just to look at how to funnel people down into their different needs. So it, it should be an exercise of not having everybody, but if you have a couple of the right people in, then your language just speaks so much larger to, the, to a larger audience. Absolutely. And I've heard it said that if you're speaking to everyone, you're actually speaking to no one because your words become so diluted that they don't actually resonate with any particular type of person. So they're just going to click right on down the Google ranks and miss your website altogether. Amazing advice. I love that. So step two is once you figure out your audience, you then want to identify the goals that your website has. So often that should link into whatever your goals are in business. And I can give a couple of examples of those in a second, but your website has a certain job to do. It's not a brochure, guys. Like that's the one thing I tell everybody over and over again. It's not 1992. Your website should be your sales team not available. Your website should be your HR department when someone needs final information. And it should also help people make decisions and inform who you are. And that's its job on top of moving those books, getting you those calls, getting you have a brand. If you want to work with a brand on a key part as an influencer, those are also goals as well. So you need to understand in your business goals, where does your website fit in? And so some of those could be goals such as, do you want more calls? Well, then you're going to change. So if you're a service-based business and there's no product to offer, but you need to get them on the phone as soon as possible, that's like where the real conversation happens. You can write 100 pages, but at the end of the day, get them on the phone because that's your unique selling point. It's just 
you then you got to start thinking about how you're going to design your page around that. It won't matter if you're a photographer and the other photographer has this really bespoke look that you like. If that doesn't help get calls, then you're not going to design your page that way. So you need to, because what happens is people get onto Squarespace or they get onto WordPress with a page builder and they go, oh, I can move everything everywhere. I'm like, don't, you don't want to do that. Stick to your goals. You can change it later but you want to stick to your goals. So maybe your goal is you want to have a more engaged audience on your blog posts. Well, then that's kind of everyone wants that. Who says I want less engagement? But you have to think about it more specifically, like how much, by when, and how are you going to do that? So let's say that you want to grow an engaged audience. Then I would say to you, well, we're going to look at your Google Analytics and we're going to aim to increase your returning visitor traffic by 5% in three months. Anything people might want to note is I can hear the notes taking furiously. Is, oh, she said 5%. 5% is like, okay, that's, that's the other thing too. None of us in Google Analytics or Nerdery can help you. Every 5% might be impossible for one website and it might be too low a bar for another. So don't stick to the numbers I'm giving in this session today with Kelly. Just understand that in order for you to be successful in any business plan, you have to know what it is you're after. You need to know how long it's going to take you and how you're going to measure that. So that's step two. I love it. So the most fundamental question, what do you want your website to do? And I love that you said it's not a brochure. No. I'm going to steal that at some point and just say 1992 called. They want their brochure <laughs> website back. It's time for you to decide what you want your website to do because gone are the days of having it just be a perpetual virtual business card. Right. And there's still websites out there that do that. I mean, I've seen them. It kind of blows my mind when I get to a website and I'm like, I'm not really sure where to go from here or what's happening or what they're selling. It's very beautiful, but now I don't know what to do next. And so I click away. Yes. Yeah. That's the reality, folks, is beautiful websites don't make you money. And I'm saying that as a designer and I'm saying that as a consultant and I'm saying as somebody who runs the WordPress meetup and sees it all the time, it's not because I don't believe in pretty, but Pretty is about us, the website owner, but your website is an interactive tool. So it has to work for people. And I mean, you can't be an aesthetic. You could be a photographer. Maybe you're in hair and makeup, for example. But the pretty is afterwards. The first part is people. That's the most important part of a website. Pretty will not, it won't pay the bills. But absolutely. High converting, so yeah, go for it. Yes. So hopefully people are already thinking about what is the number one thing that you want people to do when they come to your website. And again, like Allison Kay said, it should be very closely linked to your business goals. So often that's also linked to making money. So hopefully people (laughs) are thinking now about how they can get from point A, somebody landing on your website to point B, getting dollar bills thrown at your bank account in the most efficient way. Thank you. Yeah, it's that that cute meme, right? Like, you know, step one, have a website. Step two, Step three, profit. And it's just like, you, it doesn't, and you know, there, and again, you're in the tech continuum and your business will evolve. We're at this time of this recording, we're still actively in the pandemic. So I've been encouraging clients that if you've changed your business hours, if you're doing a new offering, if you've recorded sessions and you made them affordable for people to get a hold of, change up your website, your homepage. SEO on that alone is great. But I'm just saying that people get, they get so locked down and this is the design, it can never be changed. It's like, but if it's not making you money, who cares what it looks like? Obviously no one else does. Because they're not converting. Absolutely. And I always think of a website as like a living, breathing thing, just like many other aspects of a business. So if you're locked into relying on someone to make daily changes for you, yikes, that's not a great place to be. I used to feel like I lived in a perpetual Groundhog Day. 
Every Sunday, I would need to sit down and take time to think about what I would cook for the week, make a list of what groceries I would need to buy, and then go spend hours at the grocery store collecting the ingredients, sometimes needing to visit two or three places to find everything I needed. And still, we felt like we were eating the same meals over and over. Enter HelloFresh. The meals are pre-planned, the groceries are gathered, and everything I need to prepare delicious meals for my family is dropped off at my door once per week. We are discovering new delicious recipes every week. I am getting the hours of meal prep time back. There is no food waste. And best of all, every meal can be prepared in just 30 minutes. Visit kellylawson.ca slash HelloFresh to check out some of my favorite meals and save $40 on your first box. That's kellylawson.ca slash HelloFresh. What is step three? So step three is a simple one. (laughs) Install Google Analytics. Okay. I am preaching from the top. Or if it's not analytics, then if your platform has a proprietary way of tracking what people do on your website. And if you've had your website for three years and you don't have it installed, install it today. Today. Install that thing today. Okay, so you made that sound really easy, but I'm sure that there's a lot of listeners that heard what you just said and they're completely freaking out because it doesn't sound like something that's straightforward. Do you have any? It is. That's the okay, thing. Okay, let's hear it. So, it de- so the first thing is it depends on your platform. So are you Wix, Weebly, Squarespace, WordPress? And there is no point in me getting into those details on this podcast when there are 800,000 YouTube videos that do it better. So I'm not doing that to push it off to a YouTube video, but getting it installed is basically step one. You have to have a Gmail or a G Suite account. You go to Google Analytics and you create a free account. And then you look at a YouTube video for your platform and it will take you step by step. So the tech, you probably spent more time going to the checkout for your platform than you did hooking up Google Analytics. So my goal today is like there's lots of other things you can do once you install it, but people don't even bother to install it. So there's no data being collected about how people work on your website. So like Google Analytics, if you set it up to your site and you can double check it in the three steps that they give you. You're set. If you don't touch the darn thing for two years, that's fine. But I want that information in two years time when you have the funds and you hire me or you hire a graphic designer or a web designer and you're going to go to town on your next pivot. Have that numbers as if not. I have a a talk called farting in the wind. And it's true. If you like, it's why everyone avoids Google Analytics. It's so true. If you don't have that data to help you out, understand what happens on your website, any change you make, you're going to be farting in the wind and hoping. So install it. (laughs) I love that. So don't be afraid. Do not fear the Google Analytics. No. Get that stuff installed. Get yourself a Gmail account. Google it. Find a YouTube video to help you. And even if you don't touch it, that's fine. You just need to have it installed. We can worry about the data analysis later. Am I hearing that right? Yes. Okay. And I will give the end of the session. There is going to be a little takeaway for people. And in that has links for every platform. So you can go click it that I found that had really good information on how to do that. So and I'll leave you in the dark. I just, it's just, there's, I would, I would gloss over my eyes if someone explained how to install Google Analytics on a podcast. I'd be like, well, that's great. It's like, that's like explaining a painting. (laughs) I can't see it. (laughs) Boring. Okay, very good. I love it. So what is step number four? So step number four, of course, is create a plan to move forward with these goals. And so that plan, the thing is about Google Analytics is that when I come on to calls with clients and we review it, 
I might be looking at numbers or charts or what have you. And like, and again, don't let that scare you guys because that's not what you need to focus on right now. But clients are always surprised with me when we end up talking a lot more about what they're doing in their business and very little about the web traffic itself. So some things to think about are, I might see a spike in traffic on a certain week and I'll say to them, well, what was that all about? Like, oh, well, we were in Toronto and we were at a trade show and we had this, we had invested in this brochure that we were giving out. And then we also went to this, I don't know, slideshow karaoke at night. And I said, well, you've got a lot of traffic from there. And it looks like you've actually caught some traffic from Toronto moving onwards. So that could have been something to let me know. But your goal, you might say is, well, that's part of our business goal. This year, I wanted to go to three trade shows. And that's what I'm doing. Okay, excellent. So we want to get that. And then we're going to cross reference how many leads you got out of that based off of your website traffic. So you need to know your business goals and what you're going to do on your website. Another one could be you wrote a lot of blog posts in a flurry. And now you pretty much have your next six months worth of blog posting, maybe only the next week's done. And you want to increase, you want more of an engaged audience. So the plan might be, okay, well, I'm going to get Buffer, which is a platform for scheduling your tweets or scheduling your LinkedIn posts and your Instagram posts and all of that. And my goal inside of there is not only to get X amount of followers, but I also want to look at my analytics and track month over month how many people are actually going to my website from social media. And now I'm going to warp your guys' mind every more, but are they actually worthwhile traffic? So Mm -hmm. that can be a big one. So we might say something like, you're going to increase form submissions from Facebook traffic to $150 a month by Q3. So if every person that gets a hold of you is a $50 session with you, whatever it is you do in your business, then that would be what you're going to actually identify your goals with. So you want to have more leads. So we're going to target your Facebook traffic and we're going to look on the website and you can look at Google Analytics, just just your Facebook traffic and find out if those people are even worth your time. Because wouldn't it be great to save it? Right, because if you're spending all the money to get them and then they're not spending any money or they're not converting on your website, then there's probably no point in carrying it through. So it's a lot more than just web hits, right? Is what you're saying. There's no such, so web, yeah. And we might be getting too much in the weeds on this, but I'll say it because it's always a fun tidbit. But like website hits, again, is so 1992. We don't actually track sites via hits because the thing about hits is if you want super nerdery, if your website page has five images on it, that hit happens five times. It's a hit for every image downloaded plus them being on the site. So one person has hit that page six times, five for each picture, right? One time for each picture and then hitting them. So we don't talk about hits. We talk about sessions and other jargon that I love to get into, but hits don't even really matter. We don't really care about hits. We care about how long they're on a page, where they go from and do they call you, download that form, download your freebie, enter into your newsletter sequence, those sorts of things. Also known as a conversion. Yes, a conversion. So did they do the thing you want them to do? It could just be a conversion can be, I want people to really enjoy my blog posts. So you can look at the average reading time of a blog post and you can say, okay, well, in January, the average reading time was 36 seconds, but my stuff's at least a three minute read. So we implement that as a goal to work towards. You might change your copy a little bit. You might want to add better photography, work on some SEO. And then we agree that in three months time, we review that. And indeed, we do see that your average reading time went up by two minutes, let's say. To me, that's a huge win. Okay, so create a plan to move forward. And I love that you touched a little bit on getting strategic because I love geeking out on strategy. And I 
full disclosure, I don't know Google Analytics that well. I definitely have it hooked up to my website. And there are things that I learn from it, absolutely. And is specifically knowing where my best referral sources for web Perfect. traffic come from, which blew my mind because I, if I had to make bets on where my web traffic was coming from, I would have lost money. So Thank you. I definitely- yes, that's, that's so, and it's so common for anybody who starts looking into it. I always say we unearth gold, but there's definitely some fool's gold when we start digging around in there. But you're right. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. It kind of blew my mind. And the other thing is that throughout my website, I have free resources. And so often, depending on what page of my website you land on, that's the goal. I want you to download my free resource. I want your email in exchange for that. And now you're in my world. And that's Mm -hmm. my goal, mission accomplished. But even better, now I'm able to see, well, what were my most common downloads? What converts people the best? What do they want the most of? And again, if I had to bet on what those were, I would have lost money. So now I'm able to look at these analytics and say, okay, these are the ones that people like the most. I'm putting those out front and center. And then they exponentially grew. So I love getting into these little nuggets of strategy. So I'm having the best time under your blanket for oh, good. during no, this, this sleepover. Fantastic. We're passing the, the little flashlight back and forth, right? <laughs> Have you guys seen my new website? It's pretty gorgeous. And if I know you, you're probably feeling like your website isn't as good as you'd like it to be, and you're struggling a little to find the perfect solution. Well, my friend, I have some advice for you. Get a Tonic site. Until I discovered Tonic, I was on that struggle bus too. And my Tonic site has forever changed the way I show up online and in my business. Tonic sites are completely customizable, they're code-free, and built with all the best marketing strategies in mind. It's time Time for you to have a site that looks just as good and probably even better than others in your industry so you can finally stand out in a way that's perfectly unique to you. And today I'm giving you that extra little nudge that I think you've been waiting for. Save 15%, that's up to $200 on your new site. Just go to kellylawson.ca slash tonic site to find your perfect site and use the code kellylawson to save 15% on your gorgeous new site today. So, Allison, why don't you tell us what the last step number five is? The last step, of course, is chart your results. Write them down. Keep a notebook. Be aware as a, as a person in business, as a person in service, as a person who is doing your side hustle to the best of your ability and doing your own entrepreneurial ways. There's a couple things you can do. So, one thing that people don't realize is that you can actually leave notes by date in Google Analytics. So that's an easy win for people. You started a Facebook campaign, make a note inside of Google Analytics. Your server was down for two days, your hosting was down. Note that in Google Analytics. You gave a talk somewhere, note that in Google Analytics, because you're going to forget <laughs> in like three months where that traffic is. And of course, if you have someone come in to help you, you're not going to really, you're going to guesstimate what happens there. So whatever works for you, you need to chart your results. Some people like Excel, some people like to use Trello, some people like to use Google Docs, whatever works for you. But it's important that you keep track of it. And this is for people who are serious about this or just want to even, even if you just log half of what you intend to, it gives you a better understanding. I would be even further ahead in my career, I think, if I had done that five years ago. But I really only niched down in this about four years ago. So, you know, then I was like, I live and breathe what I'm talking about. But I do mourn that one year that I didn't have it set up, right? Like I'm missing out on some of that information. 
Absolutely. Major FOMO. But I think step five ties into step four as well in the sense that you're really just at the rudimentary level tracking what's working and what's not working so that you can then do more of what's working and less of what's not working. Exactly. Like you said, there was a lead magnet that worked out really well. So you put it front and center and it did a lot better. Well, then when it's time to do the next one, it'll take you half the time to write it, half the time to find the illustrations for it because you would have already known what worked and what didn't. So my goal with people is to get them to rinse and repeat what works. I don't want you creating a hundred more blog posts. I don't want you taking a hundred more photos or pinning a hundred more things. We just want to take the site and do what we have and just really fine tune it every couple of months. And the reality is we're talking guys like, every quarter. Like, don't think you have to make a change and in a week you're going to go back and change it. You'll have no idea. That's a big problem I see in website redesigns is that everything, like there's a lot of work that has to be done and a redesign and there's a structural change and there's a rebrand and then they're like, how are we going to track this? Well, there's so much change. I can't really tell you if it was the rebrand that worked or the button that worked. So it's better to make particular changes based off of your goals, make that change as best you can and then tell yourself when is an appropriate time to review that. And however reviewing means to you, logging into Google Analytics, talking to someone like me, and we can help create easy to read reports. So you only have to look at like the thumbs that matter, your notebook, your Excel spreadsheet, whatever. That's important. Because if not, like it sounds lame and it sounds like another arduous task, but give the work you've done credit and give it It deserves to be noted. If it took time for you to do it in your business, it deserves to be marked down somewhere at the very least. Right. Absolutely. And all of this is in keeping with just getting your website to work for you. You know, you're already paying for it, paying mm-hmm. your hosting fees. You've probably paid to have it designed. Why not be strategic and leverage the heck out of that business tool that you have sitting there in the interwebs, right? Exactly. So what we've traded these days is, yes, it's easy to make a website, but that's why there's so much more emphasis on marketing and social media because the whole tech thing's been cut in half. We can no longer say, well, it took us two years to build a website and now we're ready to get a marketing plan. There's a misconception that just because the website was quote unquote easy to set up, then the marketing is supposed to be easy. But like, that's not how any business works. There's, it's, it's, there's no turnkey solution. So really acknowledging that your site is something that's going to work. With, it's your business partner. It's your BFF. It's not this clunky tech thing I spent thousands of dollars on. It's basically your partner in whatever you want to do. And that's just what's really important. If you can keep that in mind, then you're going to find this to be a little more exciting and you can share with your mastermind or share with your group of business buddies what's happening and inspire others and just fast track a whole heck of a lot of whatever you're trying to achieve. That's its point. Absolutely. So you've worked with a number of people and I have to assume that for the most part, the goal is, I mean, I know once you get to the website, the goal is to convert in whatever specific way relates to that business. But I would have to assume that the overall goal for most companies is to get as much traffic, get as many eyeballs on that site as humanly possible. And I'm wondering what recommendations you have for people to ensure that they're getting, that they're optimizing their website to get as many eyes on it as possible. Sure. So from so there's two parts. There's how to get people to your website and then how to keep them on your website. So to get people to your website, think of your website as like an octopus. And it's a big head in the middle as all these arms going out. The best way to get the most traffic on your website is to diversify all the avenues that traffic can come to your website. So if you do not belong to any association, 
and you have a Twitter account and you're very inactive on it, well, good luck getting a lot of traffic there. You might get a heck of a lot of organic traffic, which means people went on to a browser, they searched for a term, your website came up and that's like gold. If you can get there, it's great. But the way I see it is, if I've got 25 bucks in my hand and there's five bucks on the table next to me, I'd be damned if I'm making the gold into that table and getting that extra five bucks. So that might mean, okay, if you want the most amount of traffic, you might also start with LinkedIn. You might also try to do some Google paid ads if you want. You also might want to start talking at events and getting people to go to your site to a special landing page there, being on podcasts and having landing pages, that sort of thing. So if you want to up your traffic, it's great to up your, we all want more traffic because the thing about something like Google Analytics is at the end of the day, math and it's really hard for it to do some math without having higher numbers. But the other thing is, is that I have seen websites with enormous traffic and incredibly shitty return on investment, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen websites that have 20 hits every couple of days, but when they get those hits, it knocks them out of the park or they're doing other, like their website is a companion piece to whatever it is they're doing out there in the world. So that would be from a, you want to broaden, you want to up your chances is important. You don't need to be on every social media platform. You don't need to spend money for Google ads. But then the other key part is SEO or search engine optimization, mm-hmm. which I think everyone gets really tied up with because it's an easy acronym compared to all the many other like SE, like SERP and, and all these other things and CRTC and click-through rate and all of that. So people really like to talk about SEO. And that could be a whole other conversation of itself. But the key thing about SEO is that you are answering people's questions. So search engine optimization means your website has been designed, your content is organized in such a way that the cold, robotic, unfeeling entities that are known as search engines, so you've got, you know, Google, Bing, DuckDuckGo. They're cold, unfeeling machines. They do not know context. They do. Like, they're getting better at reading context. So SEO is technical and written things you do to help make the internet understand what the heck your website and pages and posts are about. So that's the other way you can grow your organic traffic. I do want to let people know that every day, one million blog posts are published. Every day. So there is also some false hope that's created that SEO, you need to really work on your website, but realize that the web is not even the same space it was three years ago. There are four times as many people, and that means probably eight times as many in your sphere. So SEO would be more about what kind of questions am I answering? What kind of, again, it goes back to your audience, right? What language are they using? And again, in the link I'll provide for this podcast, I have a couple of tips on how to quickly make some small SEO wins. But the reality is, is that just because you make a change to your alt tags today doesn't mean you're going to instantly get 50,000 more people tomorrow or even 10,000, or even five. You're one of many, 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 many other websites doing the exact same thing over and over again. And some of them have teams of 20 people doing it over you. So that's part of it with SEO is search engine optimization is organizing your content in a way that reads naturally to humans, but also the cold, unfeeling robotic search engines can figure out what the heck you're trying to say. I love it. It makes so much sense. Actually, in episode 004 of the Workshop Weekly podcast, we talk all about ideal clients, honing who they are, validating who they are. So for listeners who are wondering about how do I figure out who that person is and what language they speak, I encourage you to go back and check out that episode. It'll explain all of these things to you and there's a workbook that goes with it. However, I think it's brilliant because the key here is to be thinking about, I guess, essentially getting inside your target audience 
Alex's head so that you know exactly what they're going to type into Google when they're looking for the thing that you have to offer. That's just it. It ties into that tech continuum of you didn't build your website, but your website organizes that content in a certain way. And some platforms make that information easier to digest on the robotic side than others. WordPress is number one when it comes to SEO. Squarespace comes in afterwards. Towards the very bottom of the list, you got Wix and Weebly. So you are definitely exchanging how easy it is to build a website for how easy is it for a cold and feeling robotic search engine to reverse engineer all this code, basically. So you need to think about, and there's lots of like SEO, the first steps are mentioned in the leave behind I have for everybody today, but it's about people and it's about being clear in your messaging. And it's about putting alt tags inside your images so that you can, the internet can't read pictures. It doesn't have eyeballs yet give it time. I'm sure it'll have eyeballs soon enough. (laughs) But until then, you have to write a description of what the heck that photo is. And that description should basically be the words that people will look for. And it should make sense for that page. You got to have headings, subheadings, you got to have bullet points, you got to make it as easy for people to want to read your content. Because if you don't, if people come on your site, and they click it, and they find it extraordinarily hard to read, they're going to leave. And search engines note that. They're like, okay, a lot of traffic went here, but they're all leaving within five seconds. So it must not be the right information, or it must be hard to read. And that's where search engine optimization comes in, feeding the needs of the human, and feeding the needs of the cold feeling robotic browsers and searchers. It is no secret at all that I love to shop. When I find something I love, I buy it in every color and I live in it. Generally speaking, I dress for casual style and comfort, but I also invest in pieces that go with everything else in my closet. I guess I'm a lover of leverageability in all areas of life. I get asked a lot where I got my clothing items and I try to tag these products as I post them online. But for those of you that want to get a better look at what I'm adding to my capsule each season, head to kellylawson.ca slash mystyle. I'll add the latest and greatest fashion items as I find them and link to the best deals I can find. So make sure you check in regularly and happy shopping workshop warriors. So can you just share like one or two super simple tips that would help get content in front of that cold, robotic, non-feeling search engine? Sure. So again, the first one would be alt tag. So every picture you upload, first step, your picture title should not be IMG00956424. Like no one talks like that. No one searches it. So the best example I give is have you ever gone online and searched charcoal dog drawings, like an artist, and you will find some of the ugliest charcoal dog drawings you ever did put your eyes upon. Again, Google can't see. It has no aesthetic taste. It has no idea. But I bet you, I bet you $100 billion, maybe not, imaginary, that if you went (laughs) on their website, it was on a page called Charcoal Pet Drawings. And the picture was probably called charcoal-dog-drawing-allison-k. Let's say that's the name of the artist. And the alt tag will say, commission of a charcoal dog drawing, Boston Terrier next to a tree for example. So I don't want to undermine the fact that the main reason we have alt tags is actually to help people who have screen readers. So those who need assistance in viewing a website, that's its first job. A benefit that got kicked back from that was SEO. Suddenly search engines could figure out, well, they're talking about charcoal dog drawings and there's a picture called that. So that's an easy win. Go back through all your photos, all of them, your logo, everything, and start giving it an appropriate alt tag description. 
Okay. And so will the alt tag description describe the actual photo? Exactly. An alt tag is basically the most succinct version of a caption. So you might have a headshot and you might want to say the title of the actual file itself is like allison-k-headshot.jpg. I upload that. Then my alt tag might be headshot of Allison K, owner of Allison K Consulting. Now, if it might be, you don't see that on the front end, but it's in the code and that's how search engines look for it and that's how the screen readers read it. But a caption might be anything else you want. So a caption could have been, Allison has been a bird lover for a number of years and gives back 50% of her charities to the Parrot Foundation yearly. So that's the difference between an alt tag and a description, but sometimes they're very similar. Sometimes your title is, I don't know, wedding photography in Amherst. And your alt tag is headshot of Amherst at wedding, for example. And your caption, if it captures what people see in the front end, it might also be, I would probably jazz it up, of course, for an audience. But, you know, it's a, a wonderful time capturing this lakefront property in, in that location, for example. Amazing. That is such brilliant advice. I'm going to go back now and change all of these things on my own website. I don't even want to think about the number of photos that I have on my website that are called screenshot. So yes, we'll talk I see about so that. much of that. I see that. I see website redesigns and their designers don't do it. So now you also have leverage, guys. If you're going to work with a VA or you're going to work with someone else, like, can you do my alt tags? Because, I mean, we all have to do them, but that's like, <laughs> so like part of that work. It yeah. sounds like a great pickup line for a VA. Hey, baby, do you want to do my alt tags? <laughs> yes, right? Like that's, okay, that that's part joke. of it. it but it, it does nudge it forward and it's not instant. Just because you do it doesn't mean you get to deserve it, especially if there's a website that's been doing the same thing five years before you were. There'll be other hurdles with SEO, but that's a great quick win. And you also get to know your content better. I've yet to have a client go through their alt tags and not go, Allison, I actually changed this blog post and I got rid of this page and I made a new one because it'll force you to go through your own site again. So would there be any drawback? So let's say I'm a photographer in St. John, New Brunswick, and that's the search result that I want to appear under. Okay. Would there be any drawback in naming absolutely everything on my website, Kelly Lawson, St. John, New Brunswick, wedding photographer? I mean, I don't necessarily think so. I would say from a screen reader's perspective, I think they might roll their eyes if their screen reader was going, Image, Kelly Lawson, photo in front of tree, photographer in St. John's. Because now we're basically saying we don't care about humans. We just care for those SEO points. So I would say use it sparingly. You don't need to put in, it's not like, okay, so it's not like, People used to know things about like metadata and like keyword stuffing. It's not quite the same thing. It's not the end all and be all. It's simply taking the photo and relating it to the content on the page. Google isn't going to gore you, quote unquote, based on one picture on your page. So you could do it. I think it's a, it'd be a lot of typing. I would rather that you describe succinctly what is in the photo. Like, is Kelly in St. John's in the photo? Like, you took it, but it's probably a wedding photo or a bouquet photo. And again, I'm just making up, you know, examples here. It, you're better off explaining exactly what it is. Okay, I love that. So you mentioned a free resource that you're going to make available to listeners. Do you want to talk a little bit about what's in that? Yeah, so I'm going to give you the five things everyone forgets to do for their websites um, <laughs> because everyone forgets them. And it's a very simple download and I try to keep it for all levels, not just for people who have an existing website, maybe are starting out. So there's five quick tips. One of them was those alt tags. So if you kind of, you know, if you got a little bit at that time, I have a couple of examples inside of it. Talks a little bit about Google Analytics, talks a little bit about your content in general. But my goal was you should be able to do any one of those activities 
within three minutes. So it's five things everyone forgets. And of course, since we're all talking about this, of course it means you're put into my system, which means not only do you get that, but you get other goodies down the road. So okay. if you want to have me in your in your inbox, I want to be in your inbox. Let's face it. I do my okay. best work inside an inbox. But that's I mean, what we do it for you. Yeah, it's the five things everyone forgets so that you won't. You'll be a lucky ducky. When everyone else forgets it, you'll go, not me. I did that. I love it. So, okay, I have a feeling that there's a few people that are going to be changing their alt tags after listening to this episode. <laughs> do you have any other takeaways or what one thing listeners can do when they're all finished listening to us here today to get closer to having a website that is their BFF? Install that Google Analytics. Darlings. And if you have it installed, then you're not off the hook. I want you to add Google Search Console to it. Okay. That'll be for a whole other podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But that's that you need to start tracking. And if it's not Google Analytics, there are others out there in the market, but don't leave it to your hosting analytics. They're not the same thing at all. We want to know who they are, where they come from, and what are they doing on your website. I love it. Allison, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. And I'm actually going to take a photo of us right now and include it in the show notes because I think it's worth posting to see just sure. how realistic this blanket fort situation really is. It's so I really, warm. It's a little warm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I really appreciate you sharing your expertise. Thank you so much. And bye. Bye. <laughs> You guys, I have to admit, I haven't spent as much time or attention on SEO and web strategies as I probably should, but that's all changing now that I've heard what Allison had to say. It's time to get intentional with SEO and Google Analytics and really dive into how I can leverage my website and have it work for me while I'm busy doing other things in my business. And I'm going to implement the advice that Allison shared with us today too, right along with you. Update alt tags and chill anyone? <laughs> I hope you learned lots in today's episode of the Workshop Weekly Podcast. And don't forget to grab Allison's free resource, Five Things Everyone Forgets to Do with Their Website, by visiting the show notes from today's episode at kellylawson.ca slash 011. And hey, if you're loving this show, it would mean a whole lot to me if you left a review on iTunes. I can't wait to see you work wonders with your SEO and Google Analytics. Until next time, Workshop Warriors, keep shooting for the stars and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you Workshop Warrior, you.